in the entire Word of God, Psalm 150. Psalm 150 talks about the importance of praising the Lord. Man, the Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Are you breathing this morning? If you're breathing this morning, you need to have this attitude of gratitude. You know, we're still a couple weeks away from Thanksgiving. Linda and I are flying out tomorrow. We're going to spend a couple weeks with her mom and dad. Many of you have been praying for her dad. He's been going through uh, an aggressive um, cancer battle, and he's been doing chemo and radiation. And we're going to go back and spend a couple weeks and enjoy Thanksgiving with family. Uh, But I just wanted, before I left, to kind of set the tone in all of our minds, not just for the next couple weeks, but really for the rest of our lives. And I mean that sincerely. Christians should be known for our thankful spirit. Man, the Bible's full of that, full of, of, you know, those kind of admonitions. The Bible says it's a good thing, what? To give thanks to the Lord. You'll never go wrong when you give thanks to the Lord. It's a good thing. In fact, the Bible says in all things, whether they're good or bad, whether you understand them or not, whether you're on top of the mountain or in the valley, in all, say with me, all, in all things, give thanks for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I've never claimed to be a prophet, but when I read Scripture, it's prophetic. So if you want to know the will of God for your life, here it is. Give thanks in all things. I can say that, 100% assurance, because it's the Word of God. We should be people who are thankful. I remember when I was a kid, we'd drive to Marshfield, Wisconsin, to visit my grandpa, my grandpa Morgan, and every single morning he would get up, and at every window, he, he didn't just say this one time, at every single window, when he opened up the blinds, he would say in only grandpa's voice, I can't, imitated. He was from Poland, so he had a very distinct uh, accent, but he would say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It wasn't a matter of feeling to Grandpa Morgan. It was a matter of choice. God had given him a new day, and he didn't care what it might bring. He was going to be thankful, and I want to be like that. I want our church to be like that. Man, it's so easy for us to get focused on trivial stuff. You know, it's so easy for us to get focused on our disappointments, our pain, our expectations, our aches and our pains, our unanswered prayers. We all have those things. And sometimes, if we're not careful, they can consume us. And I've used this illustration before, but You know, you can take a quarter, something as small as the size of a quarter, and if you hold enough, close enough to your eye, you can block out the power and the energy and the heat of the sun. And sometimes we let these little things in our lives block out the blessings of God that come through a spirit of thanksgiving. Let's not do that. We have a power to choose. A few weeks ago, I talked about Viktor Frankl who survived the Nazi death camps, he always said, men can take everything away from me except one thing, and that's my power to choose. 
Psalm 150. Let's read it. In fact, why don't we stand together? Let's read it together. That would be good. Psalm 150, it'll be on the screen. Read it with me. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise him for his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't you love that last verse? Let everything that is breathing, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Jesus, today we have much to be thankful for. And I pray that our focus will be on all your many blessings, past, present, and future. Help me, Lord. Help each of us not to get focused on what we don't have, but to focus on what we do have. Not to be focused on the 20% of things that aren't going our way, but focused on the 80% of things that are going our way. Lord, help us to develop this spirit of thankfulness and gratitude to a loving, to a good, to a gracious God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Three simple points. We need to be thankful for our past blessings, our present blessings, and our future blessings. Past blessings. We all have them. Isaiah chapter 25, verse 1 says, I will honor and praise your name, for you are my God. You do such wonderful things. You planned them long ago, and now you've accomplished them. We used to sing a song back in the, I don't know, 70s or 80s, Look What the Lord Has Done. Remember that song? Look what the Lord has done. Man, we need to remind ourselves what the Lord has done. It's good to recount your past blessings, to remember. Remember those answers to prayer. Remember those miracles that took place. Recall the small details and the circumstances that surrounded your prayers at that time. You know, when you do that, you encourage yourself. When you look back and say, wow, look what the Lord has done. It will increase your faith for your need today. Paul said he had to encourage himself in the Lord. And you know how you do that? You encourage yourself in the Lord by remembering and by getting into the Word of God. Remember. Man, God instructed the Israelites to remember. Man, the Old Testament is, is full of instructions. Boy, you need to remind your children and your grandchildren and generations to come. That's why the feast of Passover it was all designed to help them remember. Many of us have signs of remembrance, maybe in our homes or our office. 
You know, you might have a picture of your wedding day that helps you remember that day that you made a vow to your spouse. It's like a stone of remembrance. The Israelites put stones, 12 stones, when they crossed the River Jordan. Maybe there's a scripture. Maybe it's something even more personal. Some of you have ink. You have a tattoo. You know, that tattoo tells a story. I love to hear the stories of why people have put permanent ink on themselves. It might remind them of being in the war. It might remind them of a time that God came through for them. It might remind them of someone who had died. But it is a stone of remembrance to that person. Maybe it's a plaque on the wall. I have a special, uh, it's actually lit. It's like a uh, display area in my office that I keep certain things, certain pictures, certain mementos that I can look at and I can remember. And we need to recall past blessings. Be grateful. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithfulness. Because remembering past blessings and answers to prayer will inspire your faith in your heart, will bring new hope. You say, man, if he did it before, he'll do it again. Uh, Man, God never changes. If he came through for me in the clutch then, he'll come through for me in the clutch now. I want you to take time right now on the back of your program. Just take your program right now. On the back, maybe you generally don't take notes. I want you to do this. I want you to take the pen out of the pocket of the chair in front of you, and I want you to write a past answer to prayer, a past miracle. I want you to just pause for a minute, think through your life, and I want you to actually write it down. A healed marriage, a child who was miraculously healed, a job that God gave to you, a house that you bought that you didn't think you would ever be able to buy. Maybe it was just God's strength to get through a difficult time, but write something down there. It's an important exercise. Write it down. Remember him for his past blessings. And then we need to remember him for what he's doing in our lives now. Because, you know, you can't live in the past. You can appreciate the past. You can build on the past. But I tell you, baby, we're not going back to the past because we live in the present. I mean, even if we wanted to go back to the past, My dad always used to remind me that the good old days really weren't all that good. (laughs) You know, the farther you get removed, the more they become embellished in your mind. Praise him for what he's doing now in your life. He is doing something in your life, in our church, in our community, in our nation right now. Psalm 145 verse 2. Psalm 145, verse 2, says, I will praise you every day. Every day. That means today. Present blessings. Yes, I will praise you forever. And we all sometimes are around people that are just like Eeyore. They're just so negative. They don't think they have anything to praise the Lord for. But Man, they need to look for the good things in their life. They need to get past that quarter that's blocking the blessings of the Lord. 
Don't get so focused on those little things. The Bible says little things will spoil the vine. Little foxes, it actually says, will spoil the vine. And when we look at what we don't have and when we focus on what we wish we had, we miss out on what we do have. So I just I encourage you again to make a list of the things that you can be thankful for right now. Maybe it's a bed. Maybe it's a car that actually works. Maybe it's just the fact that God has forgiven you from your sins. He set you free from those old destructive ways. Maybe it's for your church family. Maybe it's for your biological family. Maybe it's for your ability to see or to hear. You know, we take those things for granted till they're gone. And God is still a good God and is still worthy of praise even if you were to be blind as Helen Keller was. But that never, never was her focus. She could always find things to be thankful for. Maybe it's just that we have access to the scriptures. And there are many, many brothers and sisters today around the world that not only don't have a Bible, there are preachers that don't even have one complete book of the Bible. We can be thankful. Here's a statistic I just want you to ponder for a minute. One out of every three people on the face of the earth do not have safe drinking water. One out of every three people don't have access to safe drinking water. Man, that's a reason right there for me to be thankful. Now, that's a physical blessing, not a spiritual blessing. But man, I am thankful for both. If you're a recipient of our weekly prayer guide, I think we've got about 90 prayer warriors, people who receive the prayer guide every Monday. You'll know just last week, one of our global partners, one of our missionaries, Pat and Suzanne Hurst, started a two-week project to take water filters to villages and communities in Africa that they might have safe drinking water. And as they gave them these clean water filters, they also shared with them about the spiritual thirst that only Jesus can satisfy. And there's always a reason to give thanks. Praise brings a positive outlook, a, a desire to reach out, a desire to inspire and to help and to share it with other people. I read recently, and I, I love it. I don't know, it probably that famous guy called Anonymous. He seems to have a lot of quotes out there. It's not happy people who are thankful. It's thankful people who are happy. This spring, the week after Easter, I received a a letter and a poem from uh, one of our members, Sean Larock. It's, it's a wonderful poem that the Lord gave to him on Easter Sunday last spring about Christ being risen. 
Now, I've talked to Sean many times throughout the last couple of years, but I had no idea of why he was so thankful for the simple fact that Jesus was alive. Man, the Holy Spirit just penetrated that into his heart last Easter. Jesus is alive, and he is changing me. He's transformed me. He writes to me, Pastor Jerry, I just want to share a portion of what God has been doing in my life since I've been attending Wenatchee First Assembly. I've been attending, or um, along with the physical and psychological healing he's done, he's begun to do a real work in my heart and my spirit as well, which is really the, the greater work, isn't it? Not all of my healing is complete, and that's true of all of us. We're all on a journey. But he's done so much in my life in such a short time that I know everything will fall into place according to his will. And then he begins to just give me a little background. A marriage of 20 years, broken. Found himself homeless. Had a complete nervous breakdown and ended up three months in the hospital, diagnosed with depression, and well, I could go on and on, but I've asked Sean to come this morning and share with you personally his testimony. Will you welcome to the platform this morning to share what God's done in his life? Sean LaRock. Man, I just love you, brother. And a lot of these folks love you. And we're excited about what God's doing in your life. And I thank you for being so transparent. Because sometimes, Sean, we don't really see what God's doing in people's life. And even though you've been attending here, some of these folks have probably never met you and certainly don't have any idea of what the Holy Spirit has done for you. So why don't you take a few minutes? I know you've prepared some thoughts. And why don't you just share why you're so grateful for your present blessings of the Lord. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. God's mercy trumps all. Yeah. Everything in the world, the world can throw at you. God's mercy trumps Amen. all. Amen. Uh, I started attending Wenatchee First Assembly approximately two years ago. Uh, I'd let my life become completely bankrupt and lost everything I loved, literally. At that time, I sent up a desperate prayer to God. I asked God to show me his power, his real power. I'm talking burning bush stuff. <laughs> uh, I needed it. My faith was completely depleted. Soon after that, I met Salvador and Kiana and Jasmine, and they faithfully brought me to church for two years, every Sunday. So... Chava and his granddaughters invited you to church, but not only invited you to church, brought you to church. They picked me up every Sunday. Salvador, Kiana, Jasmine, would you guys stand? You guys need to be acknowledged for that. Amen. Man. Salvador, they... for you that don't know Salvador, he drives the big blue church bus that has all the Bible scriptures. <laughs> In addition to these, these folks, I met the pastoral staff, 
And I met Joe, the usher, who called me within three days after that first Sunday I came. And that really prompted me to keep coming back. That one phone call. Uh, I also met Jerry Jessup and Paul Hughes. These two men accepted me from the start and showed me that Christ love to the extent that I was able to grow and become strong in my faith again. These are just a few of you, many others in the congregation that I've met and have given me acceptance and love and encouraged me to stick around and see what God could do in my life. As I continued coming, I observed the outreach happening and the lives being changed here. And I knew God, without a doubt, had shown me a true picture of his power and grace. And I knew I wanted to be part of it. My background's pretty simple. Um, I've been attending church most of my life. My dad was a Pentecostal minister. I spent some time in the Navy out of high school. I spent some time in the Gulf of Oman during the Reagan administration. And I raised three kids, and I worked mostly as a CNA since I've gotten out of the Navy. I have many past health issues, as we all do, uh, that made my life pretty challenging. I've had PTSD from a very young age leukemia, diabetes, all of which God is either completely healed or is in the process of doing so. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Cancer, go away in Jesus' name. Amen. Leukemia was a tough one, but God has kept me free from leukemia for two years and in the process has taught me to live free of fear and in a state of praise, no matter what the doctors have told me. In addition, I've come to realize that I have so few years on this earth and the importance of redeeming the time. It also showed me what a gift each and every day is. That first breath every morning is a gift from God. I know no matter how hard that my depression hits me at times, that God's word and love is the absolute truth. And anything the world has to throw at me, as long as I know who I am in Christ, I have no worries. Amen. A couple months ago, I prayed for a vehicle. I'd been walking about five years, which was pretty good for me. I was pretty healthy, but I was getting tired of walking. <laughs> and winter was coming. <laughs> so uh, I sat there Sunday after service doing my dishes and God, you know I've been saving. Can't save fast enough to get what I would need. I just need a car. I can't get one. Don't have enough in my bank account. I don't know anybody with a free car. God, I need a car. I need to be in church more. That three hours later, my folks called me and they had an extra car. <laughs> That's Praise how fast God can answer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And since that time, you have not missed a Wednesday night Bible study. Amen. <laughs> In addition to the miracles that I have mentioned, God has shown me that I can trust others and the happiness that comes with transparency and the value of being around his people. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Would you stand? I want you to come down here to the altar, Sean. I want some of you to come and surround Sean, and we just want to thank the Lord for what he's done in his life, but we also want to uh, 
Just pray God's continued blessing into his life. Amen. Thank you, men, for coming. Appreciate it. Judy, thank you. <laughs> Bobby, did you hear what he said about Joe's phone call? We can rejoice. The fruit of your husband's ministry. To Jesus be all glory. Father, I just thank you for this powerful testimony. Lord, you were at work in Sean's life, and some of us didn't even, we were oblivious to it. But God, when people are desperate, when people want to experience your transformation, you are faithful. And God, I thank you as Sean called out to you that you heard him. That, Lord, you forgave him of his past. You've healed him, O oh God, not only physically, but spiritually as well. Lord, you are healing him emotionally. You've given him a new car. You have blessed him beyond measure. And Lord, it's not because of this church. It's not because of Salvador. It's because of Jesus working through us. And I pray every one of us in this auditorium today will be open to having you work in our life. Maybe there's someone we need to invite to church. Maybe someone we need to drive to church. Maybe someone we need to pray for. Maybe someone we need to make a phone call to as Joe did. God, I just pray that each of us will learn from his testimony, not only of your faithfulness, but in the part that we play in saying yes and being obedient to you. We love you, Lord. We love Sean. We lay our hands upon him and pray additional blessings into his life as he trusts in you. In your name, amen and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you so much, Sean, for being to, willing to share your testimony about what God's doing in the present. We're not talking about what God did back in 1952. We're talking about what God has done in 2018 and 2019. But there's one more arena that we need to be thankful for, and that is for what God has promised to do in the future. Now, we can't live in the future, but we can walk by faith knowing that God will meet us in our future. Joel chapter 2, verse 21, Joel 2:21 says this, Do not be afraid, O land. Be glad now and rejoice. For the Lord has done great things. Now that is past tense in the New Living Translation. Today I want to go back to King James. The Bible that many of you still love. The Bible that I was raised on. Because in King James it says, For the Lord will do great things. The Lord will do great things. I grew up in a church that really had a sense of expectation. My pastor, Art Moreland, had a favorite course. Expect a miracle every day. Expect a miracle when you pray. And if you expect it, God will find a way to perform a miracle for you each day. We opened every single service with that song. Expect a miracle. Not just Sunday morning, but Sunday night. Wednesday night, Friday night prayer meeting. If we had a Saturday morning men's breakfast and Dad took it to me, I could guarantee Pastor Moreland was going to get up there and we were going to sing, Expect a Miracle Every Day. And you know, 
that formed my theology. That I could expect God to meet me wherever I was going. Then I went to ORU, and during that time, President Roberts had the theme, Expect a Miracle. <laughs> expect a miracle. I think of the scripture in Matthew chapter 9. There's two blind men, two blind men, and they know Jesus is in town, and they recognize his voice, and they begin to follow him. And the Bible says that they actually followed him right into a house. And they said, Jesus, we need for you to pray for us. We want to see. And Jesus said this, and I want you to listen to this very carefully because I think Jesus is saying it to you and me today. According to your faith, let it be done unto you. According to your faith, let it be done unto you. What are you believing for? What are you expecting? According to your faith. If you're believing God is going to bless you in the future, you will receive blessings. If you believe God will meet you every Sunday when you come into this church and you come expecting, man, I am going to feel the presence and the power of God and he's going to do something for me today, it'll happen. But if you come expecting that my hair is going to be out of place, or there's going to be dust on the piano, or the music's going to be way too loud again. You know something? That's what you're going to find. According to your faith, Sean began coming, and he believed God was going to transform him. And that's exactly what's happened. What are you expecting for the future? One of our doctrines is a the Lord is coming again. Now that's a doctrine. I'm not sure that we walk in that expectancy. But you know, it's going to happen. One of these days, the trumpet of sound of God will, will sound. The dead in Christ shall rise. And Jesus will return. It's what we call the blessed hope. That's a hope that we have. Someday God is going to come and make everything right. The Bible tells me that all things will work together for good. That means whatever I'm doing two or three years from now, whatever situation I find myself in, I can stand on the promise of God. I can be grateful knowing that God is going to use it for my good. Boy, our Wednesday night went through a Bible study, went through the book of Revelation. And man, it was such an encouragement to us. Because we were reminded again that someday justice will be done. It won't be done here on earth. But someday Jesus will come and the wrong things will be made right. And those things done in darkness will be exposed by light. And Jesus will rule because every promise is going to be fulfilled. Not just past, not just present, but the promise, God is with you always, even to the end of the age. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The promise out of Romans, nothing will separate you from the love of God that's yours in Christ Jesus. 
Man, those are promises of God that haven't been fulfilled yet, but we can stand on them. The Bible says that he will keep that which we have committed to him until that day. The Bible says that he will complete the work that he has started in us. We can look back and see he's worked in the past. We can see how God's working now, but we can stand in faith knowing that he is going to complete that work so we can begin to thank him for it even now. One of the great hymns that we used to sing said, Standing on the Promises. Oh, I love it. I want to read you one of the stanzas. Standing on the promises that cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God, I will prevail standing on the promises of God. So I encourage you, friends, as we move into a new year of 2020, we have no idea what 2020 is going to bring. But I can tell you, you can begin to be thankful even now because God's going to be with us. We can stand on his promises. We need to look to the future with faith and anticipation. Keep seeking after God. Keep reaching. Keep expecting the highest. Man, praise the Lord for what he's going to do. Praise the Lord. The Lord can bring the impossible to pass. And we need to start thanking him for today. So as we approach this Thanksgiving season, remember, it's not happy people that are thankful. It's truly thankful people who are happy. And you and I have breath. We are to praise the Lord and we're to praise him for our past blessings, our present blessings, and for the future blessings that he has promised out of his word. Father, I thank you for this time we've had this morning just to review a very basic doctrine of Christianity, but one sometimes that kind of moves to the back of our mind because we face problems and we face challenges and we have disappointments and we have pain. And sometimes, God, we've allowed those things to move to the front. But today, we intentionally choose to be people of gratitude. We intentionally choose to give you praise in all things because that is the will of God for us. We thank you, God, for those past blessings. Right now, we recall what we wrote in the back of our program. And we thank you for the time that you have met us in the past. And Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives today. You're making us better. Lord, I thank you that we can anticipate that you're going to do great things in the future because of the promises that you've given us. I pray, oh God, that each of us this Thanksgiving season will not just be thankful for a day, but will begin to develop an attitude of gratitude and thankfulness that will carry us through all the days of our life until that one day that that promise is fulfilled, that we see you face to face and are ushered into your presence with everlasting life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's stand together.